Good morning again. I'd like to talk with you this morning about the quality, the character trait of faithfulness. It's a character trait that is most fully embodied in God. It is who God is. It defines him. But it is something that he calls forth in his people and that he seeks to shape in the people who follow him and his children. So the, I was planning to talk about this and then it was reinforced for me last night. So last night, uh, Fran and Katie and I had the, the sweet opportunity to attend an event in honor of C.J. Geller. If you don't know C.J., he's a part of the church and has worked with University leading after their JMU for 27 years. So we're celebrating 25th anniversary two years later because of it. It was a, it was a gathering. Of, I, I don't know exactly. But, um, so C.J. quietly walks into church, this nondescript guy where, you know, looks... Like he's 25, but he's really closer to 50. Um, he walks in quietly, walks out quietly. You would never know the impact that this guy has had. But over and over, the word that was used to describe CJ was faithful. JMU, if you don't know, is known as having one of the largest IV chapters in the country. And so the people who have gone on having been under CJ's ministry, when they meet other people in IV and they tell them they went to JMU, they're like, what's the secret? What's the secret sauce? What'd you learn from CJ? And the thing that they would say is, he taught me to have a relationship with Jesus. <laughs> He's just faithful. So if you ever get the chance to corner him, <laughs> you should. He, CJ is a gift. And he would never give, take credit he would say, this is the faithfulness of Jesus. And, so, and that's what I want to talk to you about. So I, I like reading stories by a guy named Wendell Berry. Many of you have heard of him. He writes uh, these uh, fictional stories that are set in a rural community called, uh, in Kentucky called Port William. And the characters remind me of people that I grew up around in the small town in Louisiana. And one of his stories is called Jaber Crow. Jaber Crow is a barber in Port William. And one of the things that I love when I, I've read this book several times, because I just enjoy it so much, but Jaber says that he learned to tell what pe family people were from by the shape of their head. <laughs> he learned to tell what family people were from by the shape of their head. Isn't that funny? We probably have some unique family heads at Lamb. Don't look around. <laughs> no, it doesn't give away the family element as much, but I just love that idea so much that I thought, thought about my version of that as a priest is that um, I get to stub your hand when you want to receive use. You may think that's weird. Don't get self-conscious about it. <laughs> but I just, I love getting to see your hands when you come up and open them to receive the body and blood, uh, body of Christ. So family resemblance is a funny thing. You can't get away from it. But I want to relate this to being part of the family of God. God is our father. If we follow Jesus, he becomes our father. The tough thing about being a child of God is that his qualities are not passed on as naturally as, for instance, the shape of your head from your parents. In fact, you have to work against many of your natural qualities to take on the qualities of the Heavenly Father. 
We don't passively get the shape of his head. It's character attributes that give away family relationship to God. And those family, those character attributes take time to develop. Lots of time. And they don't come by your own strength. They come by grace and his working in your life. So I want to draw on our passages to talk about faithfulness as one of the giveaway family attributes of people of God. So, so faithfulness, again, what I said earlier, it's who God is. Faithfulness, if we want to define it, it's a relational devotion that is shaped by truth and goodness. Relational goodness, relational devotion shaped by truth and goodness. And God is faithfulness. So, so you heard in the Second Timothy passage that Renee read, even if we're faithless, he is faithful, for he cannot deny himself. This is who God is. But people who relate to God with his help grow in faithfulness over time. So our passages show us three ways to grow in faithfulness. To grow as faithful people. I will start with the story of Ruth from the Old Testament. So Ruth shows us that one way we grow in faithfulness is by committing to the people of God. One way we grow in faithfulness as human beings is when we commit to the people of God. So Ruth does not belong to the people of God by birth. She doesn't fit. She's a Moabite. But her behavior is reflective of the God of Israel. Her mother-in-law tries to leave her in her homeland. And to Naomi, her mother-in-law's credit, Ruth has much better chances in Moab. She's going to stick out like a sore thumb in Israel. But no matter how much Naomi tries to send Ruth away, and even though Ruth's sister-in-law does leave, Ruth, we're told, she clings to Naomi. And that word is very important. Clinginess has a bad connotation for us. It does not in the Bible. Clinging is an allusion to God's character of faithfulness. It's relational devotion. God is clingy. God doesn't run from people. He seeks people. God doesn't leave. And in this case, it's acting like God. As Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die and there will I be buried. May the Lord do so to me and more also if anything but death parts me from you. And Naomi gave up arguing with her at that. I love counselors. I've been grateful for them. But I think if Ruth sat with a counselor, the counselor would say she has issues. They're enmeshed, faithful, and she sees, she experiences God's faithfulness in her faithfulness. And look, this was not the brightest moment for God's people in the story of Ruth. In fact, it was, it was probably one of the lowest moments in God's people. It was the time of the judges. It's described as the time when people all did what was right in their own eyes. It was there in their history. If you, they're the last people you would want to be with in a way. But even then, even in that moment, Ruth blessed because she committed to the people of God. 
One of the things that I think can happen in church is that we can expect of the church. That when, we, when the church fails us, when the church messes up, which it does, we think all is lost and we can never commit to it. It's hard to show the church grace. Even though learn about from the church, it's hard to show grace to the church because expect so much. Again, understandably so. But story tells us that it's never the case that all is lost with the people of God. Commit to the people of God. There will always be blessings to be found with them. It's one way that people can grow in faithfulness and in fame likeness to God. Commit to the people of God. Stick with them. Now, I know there are times when it's very unhealthy for people to stay with the church, for people to stay with people who are abusing you, all those things. Look, I, I know there are times. Okay, outside of that, stick with the of God. Now, the gospel story of the ten lepers shows another way to grow in faith. One way is stick to the people of God, commit to them. But another way to grow in faith is to commit to gratitude. Commit your life to gratitude. Jesus tells the lepers to go show themselves to the priest. Okay, so a priest's job at this time is to confirm that a person no longer has disease. It's, it's to say, yep, they're healed, they're clear, good to go. One of the weird things about this story is Jesus to go, they're not yet. What are the priests going to say? Now, this is, this is a real important part of the story. One of the things Jesus wants to teach people, one of the things that Jesus wants to teach you and me, is to live today in light of promises that have not come to fruition yet. It's living, believing that God is going to be faithful to what he said he's going to do. So Jesus sends the lepers to the priests, whose job it is to confirm that they're healed, even though they're not yet healed. But what happens? They go, and while going, they're healed. Suddenly they believe Jesus. They say, well, okay, here you've healed the lepers. We'll get a shot. They're healed. Now, Samaritan, the Samaritan in the story, just like Ruth, does not belong to the people of God. You know, sometimes it's easier for people who are used to be, maybe there's something to be gained here. So it occurs to the Samaritan that perhaps Jesus is the real priest he needs to go back and see. <laughs> I'm healed. He must be the real priest, the true high priest. So the Samaritan turns back and evidently seen, prayed all the back. Jesus, and he falls on his face at Jesus, getting fixed him. And Jesus' response to the guy is interesting. So other nine, of course, they experience Jesus' healing. To this, Jesus says, faith has made you well. Which also translates as your faith has saved you. This man turns as good things from God without actually living in relationship with him. But this man, simply by the act of returning to thank Jesus, has entered into a healing relationship with Jesus. His soul became open to receiving the salvation of God through gratitude. But it means that you're still willing to live in light of God's faithfulness. I know that my life is right now. I know that are being in but this right now. How do we grow in fulfillment? It's from 2 Timothy. We commit to the gospel. We commit to the anxious guy. And the pressures of ministry were tough on him. So Paul tells the letter, we have a fear. Seriously though, the pressures, the pressures were tough. 
kept coming out, going to this church, following Jesus, were not as serious as they had been told. And all that suffering, that you love, you have to serve. Don't give up, Timothy. I know they're badgering you. I know Don't Timothy to faithful people who will be able to teach others also. Invest in God who may it's unpredictable the things that are going to be wrong in the world tomorrow. About his word changing. Even though the context of the world the new just came times that we have to change with it. We'll grow in faithfulness to change God. Jesus is that the world needs so much. So we grow in faithfulness to God. God is the one who defines faithfulness, not our weakness. We can be weak and wobbly. And this is why Paul encourages Timothy with this early poem, this early Christian poem or hymn. Listen to it as we close. If we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. So denying Jesus, that, that means completely bailing on him. It's jumping ship. If you're denying Jesus, you probably know that you're denying Jesus. And if you're doing that, I hope that you'll turn back to him and repent. He's going to you back. But faithlessness is different than killing Jesus. Faithlessness seeks to the ongoing struggle of our flesh to consistently trust and follow him in the world where it's so hard. And to that struggle, that weakness, that we all experience human beings, to the struggle, Paul says, in a faith, he faith. It's not your faithfulness that defines what faithfulness is. It's not your weakness that defines faithfulness. It's God who doesn't change and is always faithful. So is shape God's head. Okay? This is what he looks like. Faithfulness. It's his finding feature. And faithfulness is God and his grace works in his people. No matter our weakness and our struggles. By his grace and forgiveness, to, to his people, to the body of Christ, when we commit ourselves to gratitude, to hope and thankfulness, and to the unchanging good news, God works in us, and he causes us to like him. He reshapes our heads, our whole bodies, to begin to look like him. So are you growing in faithfulness? Would you say that you're growing as a person in faithfulness? And if you're not, the wonderful thing is the only thing that you need to do is turn to his faithfulness and ask him to have mercy on you, which he will help you. Amen.